Blog Talk Radio. That's right, everybody. You know who it is. Coach Mike Jones, I'm the coach with the most. Coming at you hard from coast to coast. I don't want to boast, but now I got to risk you in my social media posts. You double dose, a diagnose. You feeling tired, life is tired, now you're a ghost. I'll be your host, so won't you raise a toast to the coach with the most, Coach Mike Jones. Welcome to another edition of Turnbuckle Turmoil. This, of course, Sangai along with the coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because he knew all along on Scooby-Doo that real estate schemer was not a true ghost. Coach Mike Jones, real quick before we jump into things with our big-time guest today, if you're looking for some professional wrestling today, Blue Collar Wrestling, where you can find me later this evening in Portland, Oregon, 7525 North Richmond Avenue. Flop House Wrestling in Indianapolis, Indiana. Prestige Wrestling, also in Portland, Oregon, for a big show today. OWA in Columbus, Ohio. VCW in Meccan, West Virginia. And CHWA in Cottage Hills, Illinois today. So if there is some wrestling near you, go support it. You might be able to double shot if you're in the Portland, Oregon area. Hit two shows today. What fun that would be. But right now I want to introduce our guest. He is legendary in the professional wrestling business. He has been on some of the biggest stages in the world Short Sleeve Samson, thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, what's going on, guys? How's it going? Going Great, man. very, very well. And I believe since today is your first time with us, we will start you out with the traditional first-timer question that we have. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, the number's three. That actually works. But the question was going to be, <laughs> what led to you getting into the business of professional wrestling? Oh, man. I think that's how every uh, every interview I've ever done. I think it all starts off that way. Uh, you know, I mean, let's be honest. I, I was a fan of it ever since my earliest childhood memories. You know, I can remember watching it on TV as well as uh, – 
you know, going to live events. Anytime they came to my area, mostly it was all, uh, you know, WWF shows at that time. And um, what happened was there was a uh, another midget wrestler that uh, was in my home state of Rhode Island where I grew up. And um, basically through a mutual friend, got a hold of my contact info, called me up one night and said, hey, did you ever think about wrestling? And so I told him, well, you know, I thought about it, but, uh, you know, haven't gone past that, just, you know, thought about it and everything. He's like, well, do you want to do it? I'm like, yeah, sure. At some point, yeah, we could do it. He's like, great. He's like, we have a show in two weeks. I'm like, what? So, uh, so basically, uh, I did this show out in Connecticut and, um, you know, we did a, a, a tag match and. I didn't get killed. I survived it, which was uh, definitely good for myself and everybody else. And, uh, you know, thanked everybody when the match was over and everything. And I I told the guy that kind of introduced me into wrestling, I said, you know, if you you have anything else in the future, you know, give me a call. Definitely be into it. So uh, about about two months went by and I got another call to do another match. The only thing that would be different this time around. It'd be singles versus a tag. And uh, I survived that one as well. And uh, that was on a Saturday night. Sunday night at uh, 1030 at night, I got a call from WWF. And uh, basically asking me if I would like to uh, be part of a segment the following night on Monday Night Raw. And uh, first I thought the whole thing was a, was a joke. And when I realized that, no, this thing is legit and I'm definitely being offered this, I'm like, yeah, sure. So uh found myself the next day uh, in the, con- at the, that time, the Continental Airlines Arena in uh, New Jersey for Monday Night Raw, which was back in 2000. And, um, you know, I, I found myself at the start of Raw in the middle of the ring with uh, – the Big Show and Triple H and Shane and Stephanie McMahon, and we were making fun of The Rock. And, uh, you know, basically the whole thing was uh, this This was two weeks before the WrestleMania of that year. And, uh, you know, basically that during that time, uh, Triple H was making all these uh, crazy matches for The Rock, and basically he was saying that uh, The Rock was going to be having a match with, myself and uh, my partner at that time uh, in WrestleMania, and it would be in an evening gown match, and it was just complete, you know, insanity. Uh, So anyways, after the whole night was over, I looked at my wife and I said, if I'm going to do this business, I think I may want to go get trained. And uh, so that's pretty much how I got started in the business. Now, you've had a very lengthy professional wrestling career in the ring, but in recent times, you also have put on the promoter's hat. You started your own company. What led to you deciding to get into the promotional aspect of things? Uh, yes, back in, uh, back in 2013, um, I, at that time, I – you know, I pretty much had done everything. I had worked for all the, you know, the major companies and, uh, uh, you know, I pretty much had done it all. And, you know, at some point everybody has to be able to 
you know, in, in my in my uh, concept of things, you know, kind of tap out and call it quits and move on to other things. At that time, I was trying to get involved in uh, transition from wrestling to acting. And uh, so basically I had called that I would do a, um, a 40 show tour uh, basically to, to lead the right way because I wanted to do that. You know, I wanted to thank the promoters and the fans and everybody who has supported me over the years and, uh, you know, go out the right way. So at the, um, at the end of my tour, it was uh, at the beginning of 2014, I got a phone call asking me if I would like to, uh, if I ever thought about starting a wrestling promotion. And I told the, uh, I told them that, you know, I had thought about it, but, you know, I don't have the money, let's be honest. It, you know, I, I'm basically a paycheck-to-paycheck paycheck type of guy, especially during those times. And uh, so he basically said that he would, uh, he would find the funding for it if I wanted to run it. I'm like, all right, sure. So uh, basically we uh, came up with the Midget Wrestling Warriors and um, back in 2014, and it ran very, very well. And uh, it's still going on today. Um, and, you know, so basically I am now trying to leave wrestling and just trying to promote. And so that's, you know, how that pretty much goes. Now, if there was someone out there that was interested in working for your company, let's say there's a guy with a sign out there that would really love to take part in it, or if there was one near him or one that worked out logistically, what would the process be to try to gain work with you? So basically, I mean, I pretty much only hire, you know, professional athletes, uh, men, women, uh, you know, uh, wrestlers, referees, uh, ring announcers, you know, all that stuff. So if somebody wanted to uh, work for me and uh, be part of the, the company, basically I would encourage them to uh, send me an email uh, which is uh, shortsleevesamson at gmail.com, and uh, give, send me a resume. Uh, send me some videos of some matches that you've done or been a part of or whatever. And uh, that's how I would basically begin the conversation with them. Now, in your company, I know that there are a lot of really good young talents that have come through, uh, be it wrestlers. I know uh, J.B. Stewart as a referee is an up-and-coming rising star in the business. He's worked for you in the Midwest. Uh, there's a lot of guys and girls that are still very young in their careers that have found their way to you. Who are some of the names that folks may not know right now but you think in a few years will be household names? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I have people like Rob the Giant uh, out of Massachusetts, who is a phenomenal heel and uh, does a he's an exemplary um, product in the ring. Um, I have uh, Danica Delarouge, who's actually out there, um, you know, in in the Washington, Oregon area, um, and everything. I have uh, Demas and. Um, uh, Zoe Sky and um, Valentina Loca and uh, I'm trying to think uh, Masquerita Divina, uh, Dan Macchio, Demas, uh, Crazy Chaos. 
So these are all guys that and girls that are phenomenal talent and uh, over time will definitely become household names to people. I have worked with some of them. We've had some of them on the show, and I think you are right on the money for that for sure. Now, no, I mean, they're, they're, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, you know, all these guys, men and women, I mean, uh, Eric Small is another one that uh, has worked for me and uh, works for me from time to time as well. Um, you know, they're, they're phenomenal talents. They really, really are. And here's the, here's the issue. This is the thing that I um, – basically I'm struggling with, but yet I'm, I'm also excited about is the fact that midget wrestling as a whole is extremely popular. Fans want to come out to a midget show and, you know, see all of the um, vertically high challengers, you know, the short stature uh, wrestlers. They want to see them in action. The problem is though, is, is that you've got the major companies, uh, you know, who, basically revolve their their programming and their television and everything upon the bigger guys and the women, but they don't have, you know, they don't have the midgets in there. They don't have the dwarfs in there. They don't have the vertically challenged in there. They don't have the short statured in there. They don't have the little people in there. Um, so basically it gives me a perfect opportunity to be able to do what we do here in the Midget Wrestling Warriors to showcase the phenomenal talent that is, you know, in this business with these uh, men and women. Now, in your career, you've traveled a lot and you've worked for many, many promotions, which means you will know firsthand, especially at the independent level, professional wrestling rings will vary in quality and how they're built and how they feel when you're wrestling. Over the course of your career, what would you say has been the hardest ring in which you've worked? Oh, my God. That's, that's, <laughs> that's an insane question because I've done this now for 22 years. Um, <laughs> like you said already, let's be honest, every ring is different. And every time you set up a ring, it's completely different. You know, uh, you get some guys that will – or, you know, when I say guys, obviously I'm being, you know, gender neutral in this, but you get some uh, folks that will set up a ring and it will be, you know, it will be, it will be absolutely perfect. It will be a nice, you know, uh, bounce to it. The ropes are really, really tight. And it just, you know, you basically you can conduct your show without any issues with the wrestling ring. And then you have other times when you have a wrestling ring that may be too tight or too stiff, where basically there's no bounce, there's no spring. Um, the ropes are extremely loose or sagging, you know, and here's the thing. Anytime I walk into a promotion and I see a wrestling ring being set up, regardless of what the promotion is, um, I always see the guys or, you know, girls, whatever it is, testing the middle and top rope, which is great if you're tall. You know, test the bottom rope. All three ropes should be exactly the same, you know. Um, and I'll make people, you know, test the rope, test the bottom rope. Run, it, run, run the ropes on your knees. I mean, it doesn't really matter to me, but I want to make sure that that bottom rope is exactly the same as the middle and top. 
That is very wise for sure, and hopefully some people listening to this that set up rings will take heed of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, definitely. I mean, you know, it, again, it's, here's the thing with the wrestling ring. It's part of the show. It's the showcase. It's the centerpiece. It's the place where all of the matches take place, where all of the, where all of the action is watched and everything. So, you know, every promoter, every promotion should have a, 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 a ring that is literally five-star. I'm sorry. I, that's what I really, really believe because of the fact that, you know, again, that is the centerpiece where everything takes place in. So wouldn't you want where your wrestling show is happening, wouldn't you want that ring to be perfect so anybody who walks into that ring doesn't have to worry about the ropes. They don't have to worry about the corn buck, the, the turnbuckles, you know, being off-centered. They don't have to worry about, you know, how hard or how, or maybe the ring is too soft. They don't have to worry about the padding, even though it's only, you know, a, maybe maybe an inch and a half thick. But they don't have to worry about that, you know. Um, allow the wrestlers to do what they do best in a ring that is perfect for them. I agree with that 100% for sure. Now, you also, since you have been around quite a bit, know that the pay on the wrestling circuit, especially at the independent level, can be all over the map. You have some shows that pay very, very well and let guys do this for a living. Some promotions barely pay anything and are just barely making the cost of running the events, everything in between. Uh, you don't have to give specifics if you don't want, but what was your biggest payoff from wrestling? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to think. Wow, that's a, that's a crazy question. Um, I, I'll be honest. I, I pretty much use wrestling as a living, as a lifestyle, as a way of life. And I do make a living off of uh, wrestling and you know sometimes it I'll, I'll, I'll take the question this way if that's okay um, there, there are times when uh, you know I'm, I'm very active and uh, you know either with the, with my promotion or with you know other promotions and uh, you know things are very lucrative and it goes very very well for me uh, personally uh, and then there's other times when you know, maybe uh, the shows are a little bit dry and there's not a whole lot going on for that month. So, you know, basically I have to pull back a little bit and, uh, you know, but at the same time, I, I, am, I am very, very blessed in what I do because of the fact that, um, you know, I've been able to take this business and, uh, you know, um, I've been able to take the business very, very professionally and to treat it like that. And I've made some great contacts within professional wrestling uh, with other promoters, with wrestlers, with, you know, everyone who is involved in this business. Um, and I basically am, you know, I'm respected as well as I give the respect that's due. So because of all that, you know, 
wrestling has done very well for me. Well, we have a game on the show that we like to play with people. We call it Bring On to Choice, Bring On to Funk. Well, I'll ask you a series of two options, and the one that is your personal preference is the answer. Are you prepared to do some Bring On to Choice, Bring On to Funk today? Let's play Bring On the Toys and Bring On the Funk. Here we go. First one, boots or barefoot? Oh, boots, 100% boots. Um, you know, we have to protect our feet as well as our ankles, and, uh, yeah, so boots. 18-foot ring or 16-foot ring? Um, wow, do I have to give an answer on that? We could call <laughs> it a draw if we must. Yeah, yeah, you know what, um, because here's the thing, an 18 or a 16, it doesn't matter, uh, in all honesty, and I, and I mean that, you know, honestly, because of the fact that they're both, um, they're both exemplary. If, um, as long as the ring is in great shape and I can work in it and, uh, you know, we can have a great match or have a great show, it doesn't matter the size of the ring. To go any bigger or any smaller, I, I just can't do that. So I would say an 18 or a 16 is perfect. Vertical souplet or belly-to-back souplet? Oh, vertical. <laughs> vertical. <laughs> Marvel or DC? Ooh. Oh, wow. That's that's tough. Um, I Wow, that's tough. All right, I'll, I'm going to break it down like this. Me, personally, I love... Uh, DC, I am a huge Batman fan. I mean, for me, uh, Batman's, Batman's the, the hero, you know. Um, he's a guy that has no superhero abilities, and he still, you know, fights crime and takes down the bad guys and everything. Um, and, you know, he does it very, very well. But if you want, when I talk about the movies, I think that Marvel definitely makes better movies than DC does. Well said. Nike or Adidas? Nike, 100%. Nike, that's that's all I wear. Steak or lobster? Steak. Steak. Give me a nice uh a nice steak, you know, uh medium rare and everything. Oh, delicious. Hammerlock or headlock? Uh, I would say I would say headlock. Uh, you could do a lot of stuff from a headlock. Uh, a hammerlock, although it's it's a great move uh, for me personally, especially if I was giving it or receiving it, my arms are a whole lot shorter, so I don't think it looks as good on me. I think a headlock is definitely a whole lot better. Bull rope match or barbed wire match? Ouch. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would take the bull rope match uh, than barbed wire. First of all, I have to I have to protect myself as well as my opponents. So uh, I'm not into inflicting permanent damage. What barbed wire does? Barbed wire is very very uh, very very deadly. Uh, so I would say bull rope, and I think we can have a, a great creative match with bull rope match. All right, the final one. Steve, Dr. Death Williams, or Steve Carino? (laughs) 
Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Steve Carino. Steve Carino. All right. Well, that wraps up Bring on the Choice, Bring on the Funk. And at this point, my co-host, Coach Mike Jones, standing by. He has questions, so I'm going to pass things to him. Awesome. Awesome. Coach, coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most, coming at you from coast to coast here in Piala, Washington. And, hey, everybody, I'm proud to announce, do you know what time it is? It's midget time. Hey, brother. <laughs> yes, it is. It is midget time. <laughs> so how are you doing today? I'm doing great, bro. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And, you know, uh, it might be selfish to me, but I know that you've been doing your retirement tours for a long time. You almost got as many as <laughs> You almost got as many as the Who and the Rolling Stones. Uh, I think the Who's got a few more than what I do. Uh, you know, basically, I think my retirement tour is just lasting a whole lot longer. I think I, I just made the one announcement and back in 2013, and it was supposed to end, and it just hasn't ended. Well, you know, that's a blessing, and I'm glad you're still able to keep going. So that's I'm grateful for that. <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely grateful for that. Definitely. And uh, another thing I'm proud of and honored to to uh, have you part of the Real School Army in the past, along with uh, having you in the NGW Green Room, and then I was able to film some of your uh, seminars at the Cauliflower Alley. That's been great, man. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I, I definitely am excited. Uh, you know, first of all, I, I definitely enjoy you. I, I've enjoyed uh meeting and working with you. Um, so I definitely appreciate all that as well as like you had said, uh, my, my seminar at the uh, Cauliflower Alley, that was definitely a, a, a great time. And I've got some phenomenal feedback from that, which I was very, very excited about, but no, it, it's definitely a good thing. Yes, definitely. And then I'm still hoping to work with Midget Warriors Wrestling someday. That's a, a dream of mine. <laughs> we could definitely make something happen, buddy. We could definitely make something happen. I, I would love to. Nice. Happen. Do you got anything coming in Washington? Um, I don't have anything in Washington. Actually, uh, next month I will be um, in Oregon, just the state uh, south of you. Um, we have a huge show at the Seven Feathers Casino in Canyonville, Oregon, and. Uh, actually, I checked ticket sales this morning, and we are literally like 95% sold out already, and we're just like a month away. So um, I'm very, very excited about that. Um, but uh, hopefully hopefully we'll get up to Washington and stuff like that this year as well, and we can be able to, you know, do what we do best in Washington. Definitely. And uh, so, hey, a lot of these questions we ask, we know uh, – it's really hard to make one answer, so you're welcome to have as many answers as you want. Okay. But uh, what, were, what were some of the heroes uh, you had growing up, whether it was in uh, ordinary life or sports or wrestling? Well, I think for wrestling, uh, my my biggest hero I had, besides you know Hulk Hogan and stuff, was um, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I, I just loved watching him um, wrestle, uh, you know, both in the ring as well as his his interviews, his promos and everything outside the ring, uh, I just found it to really be um, 
it was outstanding. It really, really was. And then um, several years, I, I shouldn't say several years, a few years after I had gotten into wrestling, um, they, there was a promotion that I was working for out in Massachusetts called uh, Chaotic Wrestling. And they brought him in to basically to do a, um, uh, a, 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 a camp, you know. And uh, so I was able to sit in on it and everything. And to be able to learn from him in, in that type of way, I, I believe I still, you know, probably followed some of the stuff that he has said today and some of the things I heard in the camp because of the fact that he was just the way he explains things and the way he breaks things down and everything like that. It was just phenomenal. It really, really was. And, uh, you know, I would encourage anybody who can basically, you know, do a camp, do a seminar with someone who has done things in the business. And I'm not talking about, you know, the, the, the Joe Jobber guy, you know, who works only the independent promotion in, in, you know, one or two spots and doesn't get around, but somebody who has traveled, somebody who has done the business, uh, you know, for and put some time in the business and, you know, things like that. Uh, definitely, definitely take advantage of that. As far as, uh, you know, heroes outside of the ring and stuff or, I mean, heck, let's go back to, uh, you know, DC question and stuff. Uh, Batman. I, I, I love Batman. And like I said already, you know, he's, a, he's a, an average man with no superhero abilities who is one of the top superheroes uh, as far as, you know, people that we uh, we watch and people that we support and everything. And, uh, you know, he, he basically gets the job done. So, uh, yeah, those, those would be the, the two people I would, uh, I would, you know, say. All right, nice. And then, you know, like you were saying in – it's definitely uh, noticeable that you have been blessed, you know, being able to go to WWE almost immediately. And then uh, what are some of the characters that you've uh, been able to do? Like, you know, you've done different characters in WWE. I have, I have. Um, you know, I mean, let's, I'll, I'll just try to go in some type of chronological order. Uh, so the first one, I basically was uh, uh, one half of a, quote-unquote one-night tag team called the Twin Towers, where basically myself and uh, my partner was pretty much, you know, said we were going to be, you know, the Rock's opponents at that at that WrestleMania back in 2000 in an evening gown match. Um, I managed uh, Scotty Tuhati and A-Train, um, Albert, uh, and everything. And I did a few shows with that. Um, I'm just trying to think now from there. I did um, I did Mini Spirit Squad, uh, Mini Angle, Mini Undertaker. I was uh, a lawyer in the uh, Little People's Court. I um, did a mix a six man six man no oh, no just a tag match, a mixed tag match between myself and the Heartthrob, where I was called Pocket Rocket. Uh, versus um, uh, Viscera and Croatius, and that was, I believe, on Monday Night Raw. Um, I did the Juniors division, uh, which was basically um, WWE's version of the midget uh, midget division, but they were trying to be a little bit more politically correct, 
And so they call it the juniors division. And I had the very, very first match um, on that, uh, even though it was short-lived. But, you know, I, I still do that as well. Uh, what else did I do? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I, I've done so much. Uh, I did, uh, for TNA, I did the, um, the uh, Kevin Nash Invitational Battle Royal. And I was the only uh, small person, midget, whatever you want to call it, in the whole Battle Royal um, and everything. Um, uh-huh. I also, yeah, I also um, did a match um, in that where we basically were uh, going up against uh, the Dudleys um, and everything. And uh, obviously, you know, it didn't, didn't go my way, but... Uh, you know, still, I still had a match. It was a Christmas match uh, or a Christmas show where we pretty much did that. Oh, man, there's just so much stuff. Um, recently, uh, or I should say the most recent thing I did with WWE was uh, when they had um, on Extreme Rules, they had Hornswoggle versus uh, Torito. And uh, they called me up, asked me if I wanted to be a part of that. And uh, basically, everybody involved in that match that was not Hornswoggle and Torito, I, I basically, you know, gave every – I called up everybody and had my people go in there. I mean, from, um, from uh, the, the mini uh, JBL, the mini Michael Cole, the referee, um, the ring announcer – you know, um, myself, all of those people were people that basically I put in those positions to do that. So, uh, it, again, it was a great opportunity to be able to, uh, you know, to book that. Wow, that's definitely cool. So what was your favorite character to do? Oof. I, I think I think definitely uh, – what was my favorite character to do? That's – Again, it's 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 tough because of the fact that I liked every opportunity I had, you know. Okay. Um, yeah. I, and the reason why I, I guess okay, no. In all honesty, my favorite character to do was myself, because of the fact okay, that yeah. it was, it, and I did that in the juniors division because of the fact that it was the perfect opportunity at that time. It, it was the midpoint within my wrestling career. I had already done stuff for WWE as all these different characters and everything. And it was a great opportunity to be able to showcase the in-ring ability that I had, you know, and uh, be able to present my character and myself. Um, And, you know, it was the perfect time to be short sleeve Samson and to be able to, you know, give that to uh, people watching wrestling. So, yeah, I think that that was the perfect, uh, you know, answer to that. It was, it was being myself. All right, cool. So uh, I definitely thought it would have either been yourself or the mini Undertaker myself. But they're all, they're <laughs> well, all good. yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Undertaker, Kurt Angle, I mean, those are fun. Those are, those are fun, in all honesty. And, uh, you know, working with uh, Angle or Taker or whatever was a great opportunity. Um, you know, JBL also, a uh, great opportunity to do all those things. But, uh, yeah, I definitely think, you know, to go into one of the big companies like that and to be myself was the perfect opportunity. Okay. And then, uh, hey, did you play sports in uh, high school or growing up? Um, well, I mean, I, I definitely uh, played a lot of basketball. 
you know, I mean, not, not on a team or anything like that, but, uh, you know, in, in the gyms and uh, on the courts and everything, I had a group of friends and, you know, we would definitely, uh, you know, tear it up shooting some hoops and all. Uh, I did play uh, baseball for a season in high school. Um, I did not play shortstop. I actually played second base. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I did, I did okay on that. You know, it was basically it just lasted a season. And then after that, I didn't return because of the fact that I ended up, uh, you know, getting a full-time job and during school and, and working and stuff. So, uh, but no, I did do a, I did do that for a season. Okay. And then, uh, did you have any self-defense background besides wrestling? Actually, I did. I actually I took. Uh, I remember uh, being a being a kid. Um, my my parents they had uh, signed me up for karate, and I did that for a few years. Um, you know, and so I basically had a, a great uh, beginner, um, a great beginning in uh, introducing. You know, as far as what uh, you know, what to do, what not to do, how to how to stretch, how to work out, you know, how to be flexible, um, you know, when to use force, when not to use force, you know, and it gave me, it gave me a great grounding in, um, in the person I was going to become and stuff. So I, I, I did, you know, and I, you know, had, like I said, I had uh, been in there for a few years and, uh, and stuff. So it was, uh, it was definitely a good thing. All right, and then uh, what were some of your most memorable matches? Oh wow, um, some of my most memorable matches. I, I, I would think uh, matches I've had with, uh, you know, Rob the Giant, uh, Prince Akeem was definitely. Uh, we had some really really good matches. Um, shoot, I'll be honest. I've done so much that it's just hard to re- reflect on everything right now. I mean, I'll probably definitely, uh, you know, remember more as, you know, we talk some more and stuff. But, uh, you know, again, every time, you know, every show, I basically go out and I give the fans everything I have, you know, uh, whether it's going to be something I'm going to present to them in five minutes or it's going to be, you know, uh, 20 minutes or a half hour, whatever the, whatever the match length is. And in that, you know, I basically, I give my, myself to my opponent, to the fans, the blood, the sweat, the tears, everything I have, and put on a show for them that hopefully they would um, enjoy and respect. And, you know, in all that, I, I would really have to say that there is, again, there's so many different matches. Um, you know, whether I've worked a, a smaller guy, whether I've worked a taller guy, whether I've been in a tag match, it, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. But just the fact that I had a chance to go out there and give it my all every single time. Definitely. And then who are some of your favorite people to work? Oh, wow. I think that kind of uh, – I think that kind of goes hand in hand with the last question you just asked. Um, you okay. know, yeah, I mean, because I, I think now, all right, put, let's put it this way. I, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed being in WWE and, you know, working with some of those guys, Kurt Angle, a phenomenal man. And, uh, you know, basically every time I went there, he, he really looked out for me and stuff, which I definitely appreciate. Um, 
you know, uh, Undertaker was great. Um, you know, I, I'm just trying to reflect on everything. But it's like, regardless what I've done, I think what I appreciate most is is everybody that works for me and with me here in the Midget Wrestling Warriors because the fact that for the last seven years, um, you know, we basically created a product that outshines and out people can expect with wrestling, you know, um, and that's something that I've definitely appreciated, and I've appreciated each man and each woman who either um, work with me currently or have worked with me in the past because of the fact that I've definitely learned more from them than they probably have from me. I mean, it, or just as much from me. And um, so, again, it, it's a loaded question, but that's the best way I can answer it at this time. All right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Kurt Angle is a really great guy. I mean, just to be in the same building with him, let alone the same uh backstage or ring with them would be just a blessing <laughs> yeah 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 no it definitely was i mean and the great thing about it is is that you know like obviously we you know had that whole um that whole you know segment that time on on um i think it was on smackdown when we worked together which you know was was definitely great but um ever since that part ever since that moment Anytime I have gone back and worked for the Fed or if I've run into him on the road or whatever it is, you know, he's always uh, basically, you know, asked me what I was doing. And if I was working for the Fed, you know, he was like, oh, let me go find out who the story writer is. Let me see if I can get you a few more spots in that or, you know, if they can promote you a little bit more or, you know, maybe, uh, you know, you can do this or that. And So I definitely have appreciated those moments. All right. And then uh, who were some of your toughest opponents? Myself. Myself. Okay, yeah. Because so of the fact else? that, I mean, you know, I, I think, again, I, I think it goes right back to, uh, to the, the previous questions because of the fact that here's the thing. Every single day, you know, we wake up. We make the choice to wake up. And, in that, then we have to decide what we're going to do with our day, you know. Um, and so we, we have a, a show scheduled, and we start to prepare for that. And in the preparations, we have a choice. If we want to go all in and, you know, in, in our preparing, whether it's physically or mentally or whatever it is, um, so we, we go all in, which is great. And then, you know, it's showtime or you get to the building and, you know, you meet your opponent or whatever. And, you know, you, you put together a match that, you know, you hope will go with the way that you talked about in the back. And then at the same time that the fans are really going to enjoy, you know. Um, so, it's, again, it's, it's, a crazy, it's a crazy question. But at the same time, I really think my toughest opponent – has been myself because of the fact that I have to motivate myself every day to be the type of uh, person and to be the type of, you know, uh, wrestler or the type of promoter or even the type of, uh, you know, family person that, you know, I think I need to be as well as that people 
would expect me to be as well. All right. Hey, do you have any suggestions for people wanting to get in the business? Okay, yeah, I do. Actually, I really, really do. Here's the thing. If anybody that's listening to this at this time, if they want to get into the business, find a good wrestling school. That's the most important part, you know, and not just find a school that's maybe you're just going there because the fact that it's cheap or it's free or because it's the closest one, but literally try to wrestling school, find a school from trainers that maybe have done something in the business, um, you know, that can be able to teach you and the right stuff. Then as, at the same time, you want to just not even learn the wrestling moves, which is very, very important, but you need to learn psychology. You need to learn whys and hows and whos and all those questions. And you also need to learn how to do promos and everything. And then after you do all that, you know, obviously you, you, you get yourself into, you know, doing a show here and doing a show there and you do it all for no money or maybe a hot dog and a soda. But you basically, that's, you know, the proper way to break into the business. And instead of being the first person that gets to, a, I mean, not the first person, but instead of being the person that gets to the show and you're just talking away and, you know, you want everybody to know who you are, shut up and listen. Listen to the vets. Listen to the people that have been in the business a whole lot longer than what you have. And listen to what they have to say about, about the business, about put, how even they put their matches together and things like that, you know, because it's so important to be able to, you know, do that versus just showboating yourself and telling people all about you. People don't care about you, let's be honest. But once you've done something, then they will care. And that's the part that people need to get to. They need to get to that part where, you know, people do care and, and, and things like that. So that's, that, you know, that's, that's how I would basically say, you know, to, start in, you know, to get started into the business, that's what I would suggest to them. Okay. And then uh, who are some of the people you got to train with when you started out? Oh, wow. Um, well, I mean, I'll be honest. My, my trainers were a couple of guys uh, back in Rhode Island where I, you know, had, was growing up at the time. Uh, was uh, Ali Muhammad, God rest his soul. Uh, he's no longer with us. And, uh, and, and Kyle White, um, they, were, they, were, they were great workers. They were. Um, and then from there, I went over to uh, Chaotic Wrestling uh, School in Massachusetts. And uh, got some training from them. And, you know, it pretty much just kept on taking off. But as far as, you know, the people that I had started training with, that's who I started with. Okay. And then uh, is there any schools that you'd like to recommend? Well, I'll, I'll definitely throw your school in there, buddy. <laughs> okay. Um, well, yeah, right. Right now, we ain't got a school, but we do have J.D. Mason over here trains people, and there's, a, there's a few others. Yeah. But anyway. Excellent. Um, but, no, I mean, again, there's, there's some, there are some really good schools across, the, the, you know, the U.S. and throughout Canada, and I'm sure there's some great ones in Mexico. And, you know, but, again, for anybody that's listening to this, you know, and you, you – you're, you're, whether you're a wrestler or you're just trying to get in 
or you're thinking about getting in or, you know, whatever it is, here's the deal. You're basically making a decision that is going to impact the rest of your life. So instead of just jumping in the ring thinking that I did it, I know what I'm doing because the fact that I played it on my PS4 or my Xbox or I saw it on TV, whatever the case is, you've got to do it the right way, you know. And it's just no different than, uh, you know, driving a car. If you want to, before you can just jump in, put the key in and, 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 and drive in a car, you have to, you know, do the things that are required to be able to get that license and everything. And basically, we're getting our license within wrestling. And that's how I would describe it in that way. You know, you get somebody that they, they, they have to learn the rules of the road. They have to learn what different street signs and what the stoplights and, you know, the traffic and all those things and the weather. And then they have to learn about the car and how to drive it and how to maneuver and, you know, all those things. You've got to learn that within wrestling as well. And, you know, so to find a good school, to find out, you know, so whoever's training you, that they've, you know, done some, some good positive things in the business, to be able to learn how to, you know, to lock up, to uh, run the ropes, to, you know, the, the, the moves, the, the, the body slams, the suplexes and everything. And then you work your way up to maybe the ropes and, you, you know, you're starting to do, you know, um, sunset flips and all those things like that. There's so much that, again, people just need to sit back and to be trained and to learn to do those things the right way so that this way, when they have a match, it basically they take all that training, how to do it, how to receive it, and they put it into their match. And then fans are going to start liking it. Promoters are going to like it. They're going to get booked again. They're going to get called for other bookings. They're going to get called for other promotions. Heck, maybe I'll even call them up. But it's very, very important that people just do things the right way in the business. For sure. And uh, just like I'm, I'm all about the basics, and like they say, if all fails, back to the basics. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, heck, I can remember when I first got started, you know. I mean, I would, I would be training for a good year or two years sometimes, and I would always go back. I would always go into those, those days where they basically had the new students and, you know, to be able to work with them, whether it was, you know, just a refresher for myself or whether it was teaching, you know, helping to teach it to, to you know, those guys and girls as well because, Again, it does. It does all go back to the basics, you know. I mean, it starts off with a lockup, you know. I mean, heck, it starts off with putting your boots on. It starts off with, you know, getting your ring gear. That's how it starts. And, yeah, you know, the, the people, people need to do those things. You know, people don't realize how many things you can do just off a lockup, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very true. It's very, very true. And then what were some of your favorite feuds you were in? Okay, so here's one. So um, I think I was a couple of years into wrestling, and I know I reflected upon the promotion before. It was uh, Chaotic Wrestling out in Massachusetts. Um, they pretty much 
we had a great feud. It was myself and um, this tag team that they had. It was called One Night Stand. And we pretty much went back and forth. And here it is. I'm feuding. I'm four foot two with two huge guys that were, God, probably about, you know, six foot each, you know, uh, you know, 250, 280 pounds. And we pretty much went everywhere we could from, you know, them uh, chasing me out of the building into a, uh, into a uh, lingerie factory and to me throwing stuff on them to them uh, costing me championship title belt and pile driving me to, you know, uh, sunset flips and hurricanes And it, it was just, it was, a, it was a great feud that pretty much had started, you know, in my early days of my career and everything. Um, but again, then, you know, we transition and, you know, I, again, I have, I have stuff with, uh, you know, Prince Akeem who, uh, you know, had worked with me for a few years, and we, uh, you know, we, we took the show everywhere we went, and we had a great feud back and forth. Um, Rob the Giant, you know, again, it's, a, it's a, someone I'm, I'm kind of like battling off and on nowadays. Uh, we had a great feud. But, uh, yeah, so that's some of, some of my stories. Okay, and, man, I love, I love your stories. I love your career so far, and uh, I did see a match from 2019 that was supposed to be Prince Akeem's last match. Was that really his last match? It was. Yes, it was. Okay. All right. Yes, it was. And it uh, was- yeah, so, yeah, he's up. He's back up in uh, where he resides, up in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, and uh, he's, you know, left wrestling, and he's pretty much uh, – just doing his his thing with him and his wife, and uh, I, from what I understand, I guess they're doing very well for themselves. Okay, and then one of our standard questions we like to ask, which sometimes we forget to ask, but I'm sure Sign Guy would like to know, what's your favorite coffee to drink? Nah, <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. Just, just a. Just a, 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 a regular French vanilla. I love French vanilla coffee. So I think that tastes great. With uh, some cream and a few Splendors in it, works perfect for me. Okay. And then, hey, we're getting uh, short on time for our live show. It goes like six more minutes. So we definitely okay. want to get uh, have enough time for you to promote anything coming up and how people get a hold of you. Yes. Yeah, so, um, you know, I'll be honest. I'd like to spend a few minutes on uh, plugging the uh, – the Midget Wrestling Warriors, which is obviously my promotion, and I know we've talked about that. Um, you know, we have a phenomenal tour this year that, uh, you know, I mean, let's be honest, we're just in the middle of February, and we already have, uh, I think it's uh, almost 20 shows that um, is advertised on our website, which is midgetwarriors.com. Um, so I would encourage people to come on, uh, come on out, check out the site, and uh, hopefully, if we're in your area, to come out to the shows, introduce yourselves, yell, scream, buy some merchandise. It's all good. But, uh, you know, definitely do that, as well as uh, uh, I'll be spending some uh, some time or some dates down in uh Texas area with uh, Texoma Pro um, and all, as well as there will be other places I will be making appearances throughout the U.S. So, um 
Yeah, I mean, as far as if people want to get a hold of me, uh, I am on Facebook under uh, Short Sleeve Samson. So please uh, like the page as well as send me a message. Um, you know, I'll be honest, I, I monitor all these things myself, so I will get back to you. Um, under, like I said, uh, the, the Midget Warriors thing, it's uh, Midget, uh, we have Facebook, which is midgetwrestlingwarriors.com. Um, so, you know, check that out. Facebook, it's Midget Wrestling Warriors. They can check that out there as well. There's just so much, bro. There's just so much. Okay. <laughs> well, we, we, can go, we, we can go two hours, but that live show is only an hour, so take your time. No, you're good, buddy. You're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> But I, I, I'll tell you what, as, we, uh, as we're winding this thing up, first of all, I want to thank both of you gentlemen for having me on your show. I definitely appreciate it um, and, and everything. So thank you so much. And um, in that, I will we can probably wind it up with this because short sleeve Samson's in the house, so no doubt I'm going to shout I'll knock somebody out. I've got the power of the hour. All my opponents, I'm going to devour. If you wrestle me, you will rest in peace. Receive the inchworm, you'll know defeat. My enemies will need a remedy when the referee counts one, two, three. So now when I say short sleeve, you guys say Samson. Short sleeve. Samson. Samson. It's midget hey. time, buddy. Hey, brother, and uh, sign's got, sign guy's got a couple more, or at least an answer, uh, one more or two more questions for you. I want to wish okay. you all the continued success in the world, brother, and thanks a million. No, thank you, man. I appreciate it. You guys are awesome. All right, well, Mr. Sleeve, I do have one more game we like to play. We call it Word Association, where I'll throw out some names of people that you hopefully have come across in your career, first word or two that pops to mind is the answer. Do you want to do a quick round of word association? Sure, let's do this. Here we go. Rodney Sexton. <laughs> I'm, um, uh, mysterious. <laughs> Eric Smalls. Um, Annika Dela Rouge. Wow. Oh, God. One word, huh? Um, an absolute delight. Bob Evans. Extremely smart. Lord Littlebrook. A legend. Gorgeous Michelle Starr. A true, a true, um, a true businessman. Little nasty boy. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Tim White. Uh, I have no idea who Jim White is. Tim White, the referee from the WWE. Oh, oh my God! Oh, Tim White! Oh God, legendary. Absolute legendary. Zoe Sky. Phenomenal. Referee J.B. Stewart. Interesting. 
Triple H. Mastermind. Finn Bodie. Wow. Oh, um, one word, huh? God. Brilliant. Casey Carlisle. Phenomenal. The last one, Flash Flanagan. <laughs> wow, we're really taking some names here. Uh, a bruiser. All right, well, that wraps that up. And I want to thank you very, very much for taking the time to be with us today. We absolutely loved it. Hopefully our paths will cross again in the future, and I look forward to it. Sounds great. Me too. Me too. Thank you guys so much for having me on your show. All right. Thank you very much. Short Sleeve Samson, ladies and gentlemen. Look him up on the YouTubes if you're not familiar. He's got a great body of work on a line for you to enjoy. Go check out his promotion. They do a lot of great things. There's a lot of fantastic young talent on there that I think you're going to enjoy. Coach, on the way out, anything to plug, promote? Yeah, you can check me out at YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Coach Mike Jones. Don't forget to check out the NGW Green Room and the Real School Army. And also, we got an exciting schedule coming up. Um, we have Sweet Daddy Jones. He's one of the Joneses this Friday, the 25th. And then next Sunday, the 27th, Real School Army's own Moondog Ace will be debuting. And then... March 4th, J.D. Burns and Skyler Burns getting ready for their bare-knuckle fight in Tampa Bay, Florida, where J.D. goes for the 165 title and Skyler makes her bare-knuckle boxing debut. Then on the 6th, we have Shorty P. You got a message for Shorty. Quit punching me in the face on Christmas night, Shorty. (laughs) (laughs) And then we got Stephen New on the 11th. What about him? If you have to sue, use Stephen P. New. Exactly. Then March 13th, we got Heels for Hire's own Caden Cassidy. March 18th, Buck Sexton. March 20th, the King of Connecticut, Matthew Granahan. March 25th, the Cool Heels with Richard Sincere and Eric Wright. March 27th, we have Nikki Six from the Suicide Kings. And we got a huge April we just finished booking. Tim Simmons on the 1st. April 3rd, we got the Stromaestro, Rob Kellum. April 8th, we have Bill Anderson. April 10th, we got the one and only Leatherface, Tony Myers. April 15th, we got the winged she-cat, Demetra Star. April 17th, we got Jenny Santana. Looking forward to that one. April 22nd, we got Adonis Staples. April 24th, Mustang Mike. April 29th, Brad Bad. And we also are just getting ready to do a special with the one and only Jim Powers. That one's still unconfirmed on a day and time, but we are working on it. 
That's been one. All right, well, Coach, I've got a beeline down to Portland. You can find me at Blue Collar Wrestling on Richmond. If you are really wanting some wrestling in Portland today, don't forget Prestige is there. Tons of top names. Davey Richards, Dan Housen will be there. Dalton Castle will be there. Then you can beeline over to Blue Collar. So get out there, support your local independents. We'll be back with you next week. Today we play great moments in opera. Okay, cute In 1710, I've written by Handel. This was Handel's last opera that he composed.